chapter 18. Please mark your calendar for April 26th. We'll begin the column. Not Monday through Wednesday. So you mark your calendar and make plans. 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 31. <coughs> and behold, Cushai came, and Cushai said, Tidings, my Lord the King, for the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt be as that young man is. And the king was much moved and went up to his chamber over the gate and wept. As he went, thus he said, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. With the help of God, I want to preach on when God's people, when God's people Lose focus. Let's go to the throne of grace. Brother Neil, how about you praying? Amen. Absalom had a sister. Her name was Tamar. Please stay with me now. He had a half-brother named Amnon. And then one day Amnon raped Tamar. Absalom waited two years to get revenge. That bitter, angry heart of Absalom came out and he murdered his brother, Amnon, and fled. He stayed gone for two or three years and finally David allowed him to come back home. While he's there, he stole the heart of the people and ultimately has stolen the kingdom. And the day comes when David has to flee because he's not willing to fight his own son. As he fled, someone slipped up beside David, said, David, Ahithophel is one of the conspirators. Ahithophel was a man that was probably closer to David than anyone else on earth. 
David prayed, Lord, turn the counsel of Ahithophel to naught. So when Absalom got an army together, there was two counselors, Ahithophel and Hushai. Because of David's prayer, Absalom took Hushai's advice. Ahithophel goes home and commits suicide because he knows, he knows that the wrong advice had been taken. But see, Absalom was a very proud, horny young man. Proverbs said, pride goeth before destruction, so a holy spirit before fall. Absalom divided the kingdom. Absalom rebelled. And Absalom died very unrepentant. Even when he comes home, there not is never a repentance in the heart of Absalom. And so... David assembles an army. Absalom's got his army. And they go out to fight. David says, Now listen, boys. When you go to fight, don't hurt Absalom. Don't hurt him. He's wrong, but don't hurt him. He's out of the will of God, but don't hurt him. He's rebellious, unrepentant, divided the king. He stole the kingdom from you. But David said, don't hurt him. David has come to many crossroads in his life. He's faced a crossroad with Bathsheba, Man of God comes and says, oh boy, you're, you're the one. David falls on his face. God, I've sinned. Gets right with God. But this crossroads is one of the most challenging for David. Because this crossroads is not just about him. It's about his family. It's about his son. This crossroads has gotten his focus. And we find here that David is at a major crossroads in his life and his ministry and for the kingdom. Now we know David's a great man. Even though he comes to a lot of crossroads, that's one thing in fact. And I hope and pray that's where you're at. David was teachable. God can help no one that's unteachable. And he learns a lesson from a very unusual person here. But he was teachable, very teachable. And as he comes to this crossroads, 
He has to decide something because David's lost focus. Now God says in Acts, David was a man after God's own heart. He was perhaps one of Israel's greatest kings. But now, he's lost focus. And the reaction of David turned an entire nation from a time of praise to a time of weeping. From a time of revival and rejoicing that he's got the kingdom back to a time of mourning and crying because his focus is in the wrong place. I pray, I plead that you'd hear this morning what's in this. 2 Samuel 9, 2 says, and the victory that day was turned in the morning and to all the people, for the people heard say that day how the king was grieved because of his son. Victory that day was turned into mourning. Wow. Listen to what he said in verse 3. And the people got them by stealth that day into the city as people being ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. People were sneaking around, scared to death, fearful. What's a king going to do? How's he going to act? And they're hiding, slipping, sneaking around because they're scared. They were acting defeated in the midst of a great victory. They were acting defeated right in the middle of a great victory. And Joab came into the house to the king and said, Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants which this day have saved thy life and the lives of thy sons and thy daughters and the lives of thy wives and the lives of all thy concubines. Joab comes in and simply says, David, hey buddy, if you don't get your focus right, if you don't get your focus right, you're going to lose some things you'll never get back. David, your priorities are out of kilter. David, your focus is wrong. Let me give you three things how it happened when we get back our focus. Because I believe, I believe with all every fiber of my being, this past year, some folks have lost focus. How do we get it back? First of all, y'all realize a double standard. There's a double standard 
when it comes to Absalom, do we condone in our families what we criticize in others? Had this been anybody else, David would have applauded that victory. They'd had a party had it been anybody else. But when he come to Absalom, he had a double standard. All you young couples here, it's got these youngins. Look up here and listen to a white-haired old preacher that loves you. Shut your mouth about somebody raising a teenager till you raised a teenager. Well, bless God, mine gets up at age. They won't act like that. You don't know how they're going to act. You don't know how they're going to act. There's some good people that love God. They brought their youngs right. And their youngs just mean as devils. Be careful criticizing in others what you condone in your own. Have double standard. When it comes, to Absalom. When it comes to those things in your life, your Absalom, is there anything off limits to God? Touch my child, but God don't hurt him. Touch my daughter, but don't hurt her. Touch my grandchild, but don't hurt him. Lord, don't hurt him. Got a double standard. A double standard. See, when he come to Absalom, now Absalom was wrong. He was dead wrong. He was a very prideful, rebellious, wicked young man. Didn't love God, loved himself. And he went out to battle. And he got his hair caught in an oak. He's left hanging. And Joab comes and puts three arrows through his heart. And when they come back to old David, instead of rejoicing, they've got the kingdom back. He's weeping because Absalom is dead. He's lost his focus. A double-minded man to the stable in all of his ways, I preached Wednesday night. All of his ways. Death came suddenly for Absalom. Anyone else would have been applauded by David, except in the case of Absalom. Is there anything that's off limits with God in your life? Oh, yes, God, I want you to do something, but don't you do this. Man came to me and said, Pastor, been several years ago now. I want you to pray for my son. He's lost. I said, okay. Now, I said, sir, by the way, he was a preacher. I said, sir, are you willing to pray whatever it takes? He looked at me. He said, no, I'm not. I said, then there's no need for us to pray. See, everything's off, off everything's, it, it was fine till it come to that. 
everything's okay till it comes to Absalom. And David has lost focus because he had double standard. Had double standard. He had no trouble down the road telling Solomon, you take care of Joab. Had no trouble. Had no trouble taking care of other enemies, but not Absalom. See, he's lost his focus. He lost his focus. Not only that, he realized he had a double standard. God will allow that person, that thing to be attacked and destroyed sometimes to test your loyalty to God. God's saying, David, I'm going to let that boy be taken out. And he was. Because you see, it never was God's will for Absalom to have that kingdom. God gave David that kingdom. God put that in David's heart to be the king. God anointed David king. He never anointed Absalom. Absalom was wrong man, wrong place, wrong time. He was he's never he never was king in the eyes of God, and God removed him. And David's now weeping. He's he's broken. He has lost focus, and everybody's running around scared. And he, he now he's weeping when he ought to be rejoicing. Because now he's got the kingdom back. Notice, second, the reality. I would uh, to realize the double standard. Number two, the reality is one's got to be defeated. Now you listen to me, hear me right. No throne's big enough for two people to rule. There couldn't be uh, Absalom and David ruling together. That can't be. Just like no man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And there's not room enough on the throne for God and something else you placed beside your throne, even your family. I love my family. I want you to know there ain't a man in this church that loves his family more than I love my family. But you understand something. God will not share that throne room in my heart with my family. They're part of it, but he has to have rulership. There's not enough room for two. There's not enough room. There's not enough room for Absalom and his rebellion, his dividing, his, his antics and David. There's not enough room. One of the two of them, one of the two of them has to go. See, there was no other. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? There's just not enough room. Oh, the truth is, notice the results of being out of focus. Him trying to, see, Absalom was on his heart. Don't hurt him, don't hurt him, don't hurt him. But he wanted the will of God too. But he went to the will of God to share with no heart and Absalom. And those two just can't go together. Right and wrong can't abide. 
It's like lying darkness. Lying darkness cannot occupy the same space at the same time. It's impossible. And so, notice, rejoicing is stagnated. The results of being out of focus. And the king was much moved and went into the chamber over the gate and wept as he went. Thus he said, Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son. He went from liberty to bondage. Have we traded our spiritual liberty for grieving over someone that's hanging in the tree? Have we swapped our spiritual liberty for something that's hanging in a tree. I'm not talking about literal. I'm talking about what you put, make important. See, the reality is, especially if their actions put them in the places they are. Notice rejoicing is stagnated. Revival is stopped. And the victory that day, God gave victory. David said, turn the counsel of Ahithophel to naught. God did that. God sent Joab out and God gave victory. And that day, the enemy was destroyed. But instead of revival, victory was turned in the morning. I've seen moves of God hindered and brought to a screeching halt because someone's focused on something that was insignificant. Revivals have been stopped over building programs. Revivals have been stopped over opinions. Revivals have been stopped over attitudes. One day, Ralph Sexton went to visit to start a revival meeting. Pastor said, go to my house and I got a short meeting with the deacons and I'll be right there and take you out for supper. One hour turned into two, two hours turned into three. Finally, after four or five hours, he came in. He said, Brother Ralph, you might as well go home. He said, we just had a knockdown drag out over the color of trash cans. Over the color of trash cans. I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now. Ah, lost focus. He was, he said, and and just wept. Boy, I've seen. Uh, uh, we now write scripture, write separation, write service, and yet be defeated in the midst of victory. And revival stopped. God's doing some things in our church right now. That is so monumental that it just blows your mind. It would just blow your mind what God's doing in this church right now. But there's some lost focus. And you can't see that because all you can see is someone hanging in the tree. You see that thing that keeps you from being what you need to be. Royalty was shamed. And Joab came. This is sad and dark. Because Joab's not a good man. Joab is not a good man. And isn't it a shame when somebody that doesn't know God has to correct you 
And it's a shame when somebody that's lost has to say, why ain't you excited about God no more? Why ain't you thrilled about what you used to do? Why ain't you doing what you need to be? And it's a shame when somebody that's not right with God has to reprimand you. Joab's not a good man, but what he said was right. Notice what he said. Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day I've saved. Now, David, buddy, soldiers went and fought for you. David, they risked their life for you. David, they left their family to go fight for the kingdom. David, and now, I think if we had died and Absalom had lived, you'd be happy. David, buddy, what's wrong with you? What happened to your focus? People have done for you, David. People have helped you, David. People have given you, David. People have served you, David. Now, you're mourning over this rebel that stole your kingdom. And Joab, he's right. It ain't good. And it's a shame that somebody has to charge you. And in, in the reality, someone has to joke him into reality. Oh, I shame this day. The faces of all, you, you're told, you slap in the face of everybody that's helped you because you don't have a focus. Wow. When we get out of focus, our enemy and give the enemy credit and focus on the negative instead of God's good grace and mercy, we're doing the same thing. Notice what he said. What you regard. What's important to you now. Listen to what he says. Here's what he says. This is what you made important. He said, it is thou lovest thine enemies and hatest thy friends. Thou hast declared this day that thou regardest neither prince nor servants for this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all we had died this day, then it had well pleased thee. He said, I think you'd be happy. We'd all got killed as long as you had what you wanted. Absalom. Notice, here's what David said, uh, Joab said. He said, reproach is going to be sure. Won't you listen? Please listen. Now therefore arise, go forth and speak comfortably to thy servant. For I swear by the Lord, 
If thou go not out, if thou go not forth, there will not tarry thee with thee this night. There will be worse unto thee than all the evil that befell thee from thy youth. He said, buddy, if you don't do something, he said, it's going to get worse. He said, you'll lose the kingdom again. You'll, you'll, it'll be worse than it's ever been in your entire life. He said, David, you can't stay here. David, you can't stay here. I wonder. David, you're going to lose the entire nation if you don't get your priorities right. I wonder how what family will lose today because of the wrong priorities. I wonder what church would die today because of wrong priorities. I wonder what ministry in a church would die today because of wrong priorities. I wonder what pastor will resign today because of lost focus. I wonder that what work uh, God's moved in would die because of love of money. I wonder what father and dad will lose priorities, will sell out his own babies because of lost focus. I wonder... I wonder. It is the next point that is so simple. I really could not, it's just hard to believe it. But it's amazing. The simplicity of it. The simplicity of it. It's totally overlooked. So what did David do? As talk to me now. Is David's heart broken? Is David grieving? Is David's heart in ministry? David's heart in ministry? No. Is he broken? Weeping? Let me tell you what David did. David just did one thing. David repositioned himself. That's it. Then the king arose and sat in the gate. David's over here. In his chamber, he's weeping. His heart ain't in nothing. He's broken. He's destroyed. And to get his focus back, he did one thing. Just one thing. He got himself up. Did he get up with a broken heart? He walked down. the gate he's setting himself in his position he repositioned himself when he repositioned himself was his heart broken was he weeping was his heart in it no He just repositioned himself. That's it. That's it. 
Step one of getting back a focus is you got to reposition yourself. One of the things this past year's done to a multitude of us is God's opposition. The ordinary is not ordinary no more. Services that we used to have, it's amazing. I never would have dreamed we'd been in the parking lot, but we're opposition. Never would have dreamed we just had service live streaming, but we're opposition. I never dreamed we would be doing some of the things we're doing. But the truth is, if you ever get your focus back, you got to get back in the right place. I feel we get the idea. God doesn't care to position ourselves physically when He does. He does care. As a matter of fact, people that stay lost in their focus, Exodus chapter 20, 21, children of Israel lost focus, and the people stood afar off. And Moses drew near to the dark, thick darkness where God was. Luke 22, 51, and Peter's going to deny the Lord. Peter, the very one, said, I'll never deny you, Jesus. It's denying him now. Why? And they took, then took they and let him, brought him to the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. If you get your focus back, we got to get repositioned. Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together is still in the Bible. Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together still works in the midst of COVID. Forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together as a man is still right there. But you can be here out of focus because you refuse to reposition yourself. You're determined to stay where you're at. Now, I love you. I'll continue to love you. I'll be your pastor. I'll do all I can to help you. But don't miss this. You'll never get that focus back until you do reposition yourself. It, you say, well, I'm, I'm waiting. What you waiting on? What are you waiting on? See, there's a, David got up and went to sit in the gate. That's all he did. On the way from his chamber to sitting at the gate, didn't get his focus changed. It's when he got back to the gate, God began to renew that focus. Something else happened. While he's there, he remembered his position. And they told him to all the people, saying, Behold, the king sit in the gate. And all the people came before the king. For Israel had fled every man to his tent. See, when he got back in place, the people came by. David 
We're so sorry about Absalom. David, we're praying for you. David, I'm glad you get the kingdom back. David, we'll be moving back into the palace for long. David, we'll get back to what we need. David, we're going to get back a vision. David, we're going to get back a focus. They come by, the people came by. He began to realize that it wasn't about him no more. It was about the people. See, guys, focused on one at the price of the people. But when the guy's focused back on the people, he lost the focus of the one. God has given you, and if God has called you, and if God's given you something in this church, He's given you a great, great privilege to be a blessing to people. It ain't about you. It's not about me. It's about people. It's about helping someone, being a blessing to someone, being focused on something more than what your opinion or ideas. So David did two things. He repented. How did he repent? He got up and got back in place. See, when you're hell-bent, I'm not going to move. Nobody's going to move me. You're saying, I'm rebellious as I was and I'm not going to move. Then okay. You'll stay there. Better in a hammer, but you'll stay there. God not give you a vision. You'll wonder, you'll wonder why everybody else sees things you don't see, gets things you don't get. You wonder why? Because you get very internal and you fail to miss the fact of what God wants to use you to do in his kingdom. Then he was rewarded. He regained the fellowship with his people who loved him and were truly loyal. What will destroy your victory? Has your victory been turned into mourning? Has your focus, have you lost focus and it's come internally instead of looking out David saw all the people that had been, he saw them soldiers bandaged up that went and fought a battle for him. He, he saw the people that had been loyal to him. He saw the same people that climbed that mountain with him when Absalom's still in the kingdom. Boy, he was rewarded. So we've got to get a focus back. I want us to have revival. I believe God wants to send revival. But it starts with our focus. Have you? Uh, when God's people, this was not, this was not a, some reprobate. This was David. A man after God's own heart. So some of you need to reposition yourself. You used to do something that was a blessing to people. Do you please hear me? There's a little boy, a little girl, watching every one of us. They watch you sing in the choir. When you're not singing in the choir, they wonder, why? 
Why are they not singing in the choir? They watch you as you come to church on Wednesday. When you're not here, they wonder, why they, they why, where's, where's those swing side? Where's those swing side? When you're not in that class, they wonder, where, where's those swing side? Where my, where's my Sunday school teacher? Have we lost our focus? And here's the big question. Do you want it back? It's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed.